This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! This week we have a loaded show with demos, game trailer announcements, as well as some Nintendo Switch accessories you may want to own. And in our final stage, I review Scarlet Nexus for the PS5. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah uh we got a loaded show today but let me tell you this and i'll say this real quick um it's been a crazy crazy week in the real world outside of this realm that we call talk time live um i'm not going to get too deep into it i'm just going to say let's take our time let's take an hour or so to talk about what we love and deal with that crap when we can but i'll tell you this to all my sisters out there and everybody out there affected by the recent current events of pop cultural events i should say that just uh occurred out of the blue i'm with you keep the fight going so all my sisters out there still feel empowered that's all i'm gonna say about that but i digress like i said we got a really great episode today uh we got some game reviews we got some demos to talk about uh and some things that i came across that i decided to take a risk and invest and i think you may like what i have to say and talk about in regards to these accessories that i brought so let's get to it man uh first order of news today that i want to talk about streets of rage shout out to ben paquette uh, a previous guest of the show uh when he announced we he was on the show to talk about streets of rage 4 when it first came out and it was awesome uh not one of my best in terms of audio quality but there was a lot going on with that one but it was a great time talking with him all the way from paris as uh we got a chance to play streets of rage 4 and it was one of the best games of last year and it also almost won an award it got nominated for a game award well deserved i should say at that and we talked about whether there will be DLC, there was whether there was going to be, uh, well, will we get the chance to play Shiva? Because when you play the game, Shiva's on air. He looks awesome. He looks badass. He is a great opponent to face. You want to play as Shiva. We got that chance. Of course, they wasn't, he wasn't going to tell me it back then. It, it just wasn't going to happen. He wanted to surprise people. I get it. And it's part of the deal. And sometimes NDAs. You know, you can only say but so much like people NDAs are real. Like I'm not revealing some really cool stuff if it means that I'm going to be sued for a substantial amount of money and, you know, be broken homeless. <laughs> OK, so I get it. If he can, he can. If he can't, he can't. But nonetheless, 
we got what we wanted. We got a new DLC coming with a release date of July 15th. They finally gave us the release date here. Uh, the DLC will include the new characters, including Shiva, Estelle, which was another really cool brand new character that they brought in, and Max Thunder, if you guys remember him from back in the day. We now get a no, fully drawn version of him in the game as well. Uh, so all of that, plus a new story expansion that'll be coming along with it called uh, Mr. X's Nightmare. So that expansion will be coming and it will cost $7.99. That's really a pretty good price for an expansion pack. So I really dig that, but that's, wait, there's more. They also announced that there will be some new upcoming uh, DLC updates that will be free. That will include a new difficulty level called Mania Plus. I have no idea what that's about. And it just, I, something just looks, it just, it just reeks of, you know, it's going to beat you down hard. <laughs> uh, training mode with a tutorial, which is pretty cool. New color palettes per character and some new moves for each character. I mean, each of the main core characters of the game. So that's pretty awesome. I hope that this is the start of some more stuff that will come along. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do more expansions, but I'm looking forward to playing this Mr. Nightmare, uh, Mr. X Nightmare story mode. It's, I, it's really cool. This game is just one of the best beat em ups to come in for some time. I really enjoyed what they did in terms of the art style, in terms of just making it feel like the old classic Sega game just brought into the modern era. It's just beautifully done. And the artwork that Ben Fiquette and, and, uh, and the gang did is just awesome. So look forward to that coming July 15th. Stay tuned for that as well. All right. So we got the chance to play two demos that came out uh, earlier this week. And I'm telling you, if you haven't done so, go out of your way to do so because these demos were awesome. Um, let's start with my most anticipated of them all. Neo, the World Ends With You demo. This is the sequel to the original World Ends With You game that has just became a cult classic. And not only that, so much so and so successful that they now have an anime. I don't know why it took this long to do so that uh, that is based exactly solely from the first game. So if you didn't get a chance to play the first game, you can watch the anime because it takes directly from the game and it's the complete story. I haven't watched all of it yet. I watched maybe the first episode, some of the second, but I'm actually just waiting for them to put the English uh, cast on there. I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to play the English dub. Funimation, for some reason, has been putting in a lot of Japanese only titles and they're not known for that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's are they budgeting? now for a talent to do this i don't know what direction why they're doing this um chris, a lot of it is done under chris sabbat's um studio so i don't know if they switch street i don't know what's going on with funimation right now but they usually have an english dub version of all their anime by now and things are changing it's, it's starting to take i'm starting to take notice of this but nonetheless it is on funimation it is available it is on sub so eventually Maybe if it doesn't come at a certain time, I'll watch it, but I highly recommend everybody to go check it out. It's a, it is like the, it's like anime's version of the sixth sense. If I can really describe it or some type of good M night Shyamalan movie, it, you know, with a, with a, uh, you know, with a really great twist that all pops up and, and it makes sense. It's a great game. It's a great anime. So the sequel 
is looking to be just as great. So Square Enix gave us a very lengthy look at what's to come on July 7th for the PS4, PS5, and the uh, Nintendo Switch. The game lets you play through a portion of the beginning stages of the game to give you an idea of what to expect. Because if you guys remember, if you played the original, it had an innovative form of gameplay that uh, this came out originally for the Nintendo DS. And anything for the Nintendo DS at the time, which was a touchscreen, which is based on the core touchscreen features, it's Nintendo. They love being innovative. And Square Enix met that innovation with the way they did this game. So a lot of it, you know, relied on you using the stylus and touchscreen to do the control schemes and everything. I like that. It was cool. It was a bit tedious, but overall it was, it, it worked. And it just went with the flow. Um, I have it for the Nintendo Switch, but I was just kind of disappointed that they didn't allow two different features for the game. So, uh, like, I, I don't mind the touchscreen, but at the same time, give us the a, an ability to use, you know, button commands, because that would have been really cool to play in the old version of the game. And it would have been refreshed, but I've already played it through that. And, you know, it just feels like after all a while, you just don't want to play it like that anymore. And even furthermore, for the switch, you don't have a stylus like you would have to actually buy a stylus from Amazon, one of those cheap ones, and use that there. So, I mean, or just use your finger. And nobody really wants to use their damn finger. It's so it's, it's much better with a stylus, trust me. So, we don't get it there, but for the new game, we do get it. And it's awesome. Like, once again, Square Enix has taken one of the most innovative action role-playing games ever and made it even more creative with their latest control scheme, which has you in the control of two to three people at once as you take on hordes of creatures called noise. Each button is dedicated to a character you uh, you have in your party, pretty much. Each character will wield a button, like an actual button that you, like a pin that you put it. it actually, it's not even a button, it's a pin. I should say that, they, they call them pins. Um, but you wield a pin that has a particular power. So each pin provides a different ability and button command. Uh, for instance, if you if your main character has a pen that allows you to uh, shoot out fire at the creatures called the noise, then it'll be the X button. But if you switch that pen and then use a different pen, that different pen may require a different button uh, configuration. So instead, now you're not using the X button to throw out fire. You're using uh, like the shoulder buttons or whatever one of the shoulder buttons to do, to ignite the uh, power this time around. And it allows you to create a different form of strategy within each character because, you know, some powers may affect the different noise even better. So I like the way they did that. It, it, it even brings a more refreshing form of gameplay. So I thought that was awesome. Um, not only that, that uh, this, it also, um, also new to the series, I should say, is now a fully 3D platform. So now if you play the old game is all 2D, which was a really cool, really 2D graffiti, you know, slash anime art style there. They brought all of that into 3D. So now you're walking in a, you're walking around in a new, you know, in the same cities that you have in the first one, but just all in 3D and your characters are 3D. So it's like a really 3D platforming type of environment. The only thing I would say right now that it's really kind of 
I don't really like right now is the cameras. The, it, the cameras are controlled, so you're not able to control the ca uh, control the cameras until you start fighting. But if you're in a city and you're just walking around, the cameras are controlled, so you don't you can't turn angles or anything like that. It's really weird the way they did it. But sometimes it just it could be a little bit confusing. I mean, this is of course this is just the first steps of the game and some of the development of that may change by the time the new game the game is finally released i don't know but i found i found it a bit weird at first um but i'll tell you this the uh the other thing that i really like too is that for the first time ever we got actors voicing over the characters uh which is a first time thing and we get animated cutscenes this time so they really invested hard on this game and i i saw i'm very happy because that game the original game came out so long ago and i didn't think they would actually invest in this game again ever i thought that was just a one-time cult classic thing and people were loved it over the years i mean they did celebrate it in, in different ways um we got to see a, an entire stage dedicated to the game in one of the kingdom hearts games so i mean that kind of told you something but you never know some things could just be put on a shelf and we'll never see it again unfortunately not the case and we're i'm very happy for it you know if square enix wanted fans to chump at the bits for this game they have succeeded in my opinion i am very much looking forward to playing this game when it arrives uh the crazy part about this is that it arrives on the same day that another game that i'm anticipating is coming out and that's samurai warriors 5 which i am also looking forward to this look uh this looks to be an amazing addition to the series with um also new animation and the art design uh i pre-ordered both of them and i'm ready and prepared to review these games coming soon on this show so stay tuned for that got a lot of work to do people so um added to that i played another demo that uh, came out thank you capcom for this capcom has released a demo for monster hunter stories 2 for people like me who are skeptical about wanting to play whether i should play this game or not uh so turns out i really like this game and i'm really looking forward to this game i like the way it plays it is a it's a you know this is what this is going to be one of those rare turn-based games that i like again again i'm not Big. I'm not the biggest turn place uh turn-based game player in the world. I've mentioned that many a times, despite the fact that I have beaten some games. I had to beat Final Fantasy 7 out of respect. Because <laughs> I just love the story of that. I love the characters of that. I hated the gameplay. And, but I got through I got through one of my fears. I got through one of my situations in the past in regards to that game and why I even probably stopped. So I got through that. I, I managed to beat it finally after all these years. Like I before I before I leave this earth, I gotta be Final Fantasy VII at least. Um, but what really brought me kind of in was, believe it or not, Fairy Tale, the game based on anime that I reviewed last year, and I said that that was one of the top all-time favorites turn-based games I've ever played. That's my personal top, um, you know, turn-based games. I can't speak for everybody else, but I insanely love that game because it was a lot of fun. It was very fast paced. Um, it was just go, 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 you know, instead of just sitting there waiting to be hit or attacked. I hate those games <laughs> like that. That's why I hate turn-based. This may be in the cuffs of being another game 
that mimics that of fairy tale and Pokemon as well. They, you know, the 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 combat system plays upon Pokemon and you know has the fast pace ability of fairy tale, but also has that rock paper scissors like type of gameplay in there that makes it a lot of fun. It's a simple, user friendly way of playing the game. You know, Monster Hunter Stories 2 also is very story driven compared to that of the traditional core games. And I, that's I love the most. And that's what kept me away from all of the Monster Hunter games before, because they weren't really story driven. They, they didn't have any real narrative up until I believe somebody said, um, I believe Universe and this recently Monster Hunter Rise, which I actually was one of the first Monster Hunter games I've actually enjoyed. Um, I also love the art style as well which is quite different uh, take on it. You know, it has an anime approach to it while also still carrying the same elements of the core Monster Hunter games, such as the armor customizations, the weapons, and of course, you know, the monsters that you face. A lot of familiar monsters from the actual core series is on air. Um, but how you approach the monsters and what you do with the monsters this time is kind of different. Your character actually befriends a lot of the monsters as well as, you know, hunt some of the monsters down and your idea is to here's the crazy part it's kind of like really immoral in the sense that you have you stealing eggs from the nest of certain monsters and then you take care of them it's called kidnapping people i don't know what the hell's going on here but i'm all for it <laughs> um the one big plus that i loved about this demo that it showed uh, that the core game did not have is provide better customizations in terms of hairstyles that gave better representation for those who are playing the game. In Monster Hunter Rise, you could make an avatar with darker skin pigmentation, but the problem was when it came to selections of hairstyles, it didn't really have that many options. And I was a bit disappointed in that. Uh, it was kind of a letdown for me when my only option was to have a buzz cut that really look that really made my character look authentically black you know instead it was like the buzz cut or an afro and then everything else was like this the perm the straight hair perm style the problem with that is that when you do that it looks like a person of color but it looks more like uh someone of eastern uh east indian and i didn't want that you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm glad that they have it, but it just didn't like, you know, I'm surprised today I didn't see the normal corn roll style that I'm accustomed to seeing on there. I'm surprised I didn't see. I like we got the Afro, but the Afro look looks it's like a big Angela Davis like Afro, which is cool. But I want variety. I want like I hate to really give them credit for this 2K games. Ukes, uh, to, you know, WWE 2K series style you know, you know, customizations where it looks more authentic EA sports. You know, I want that type of customization, like really get deep into the creative suite here. And they didn't do it, but at least to, at least to Monster Hunter stories to credit, they managed to do, you know, have something they had like big corn rolls or you could, it could be corn rolls that you could consider them like long, you know, designer, designer locks, if you will. Uh, they did have something that looked like sort of kind of locks in there as well that kind of, you know, represented. So I, I like what they did here and it, it just made it more. I also like the fact that like, and I think Monster Hunter Rise did this too. If your character is of color 
if he's a, if he's a uh, person of color, then the chief of the of the chief of the village that you're in also is because there is a relation to it. They're all related, so they're going to be of the certain color. I believe Pokemon has done that same thing as well. And I've always appreciated it. I thought that was pretty cool. It, it really immerses you into the story and narrative and, you know, makes you care about the characters in there as well. So overall, um, I really enjoyed this. I love what I played. After playing the demo, I was highly convinced that I would enjoy this game a lot better than Rise. And I am fully on board with this when it arrives on July 9th next week for the Nintendo Switch. So that is another game that I will be playing and reviewing on this show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I do want to bring up, speaking of Nintendo Switch staying on that, and I, all through this, it's just going to be Nintendo Switch, people. So, um, Kazuya Mishima debuted on Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate this week, and I am extremely happy about this. this. is one of my favorite all-time greats in the fighting game and uh, fighting game history, a favorite in among the fighting game community, and there's a reason why. Now, let me tell you something. Anybody that uses Kazuya Mishima in an eSport version, an Evo or whatever like this, I tell you, man, they are going to go through a lot of, they're going to put people through a lot of hell. He, with him and his devil abilities in this game, it is without a doubt. He has a beam, he has the beam, just like in the actual uh, Tekken series, that can get you from afar. And if you don't look out for that beam, it's going to take you out majorly. I mean, amongst that, he also has the 10 hit combo, which is a customary thing for Tekken. So they brought that in. And you know what's even funnier? I believe that's a taunt and it works as an attack. So you have that in there as well. You also have another move that I believe will absolutely dominate in the in the ring is that spin kick, that little boss, that, that crunching spin kick i always forget what they call it that turns into a uppercut so you even have that to worry about kazuya mashima is going to be a force to be reckoned with in this game and boy i i absolutely enjoyed him i think he's a fantastic addition to the smash brothers ultimates and well deserved to be a part of it because tekken is a legendary series as well so now here we have in terms of fighting game characters we got terry bogart we got Ken and Ryu. We have, and now we have Kazuya. I believe they are the four foremost characters in there as well. You know what a lot of people are disappointed in when it comes to Smash Brothers though? They have the costumes as well. One of which is Dante. He's not in the game officially. He is just in the game as a costume that you can use for your me characters. And a lot of people are, really upset at that and i you know i'm not upset by it you know shout out to ruben langdon <laughs> good friend of the show um i am disappointed that they have not decided or at least we don't know yet whether they have done so i think it would be a disservice if they do not add dante in because i think dante is an iconic character that should be in the game and he's he's made his own you know legend in in gaming history as well the devil may cry series is one of the most fun-filled action-packed series of all time uh it is you know dawned his own anime itself it has been a part of so many different you know 
lores within in mythologies within the um within the gaming you know history and community so yeah i think they need to look out they need to absolutely look out and add dante into this as well i mean i would replace him more than some of the characters that they have in there now uh there's some characters that i i decided to i you know thank goodness that we get these characters separately because i don't want every character in here i think there's some characters i'm just not cool with i would have replaced dante and got him instantly so hopefully there is a means to get him in the game soon and hopefully hopefully we'll see we'll see but you know kazuya definitely a great choice right now so last bit of news that i uh, i always say news last couple things that i want to talk about here are some accessories that i brought for the nintendo switch um one of which i've been i in for quite some time i was wondering if i should get it um but i decided to you know jump on it these are two accessories that i will have that i will not only just talk about now but i will have more in detail when i add them to my newest blog which is called unbox i actually did a recent uh blog for the uh this nerd uh nendo droid for ichigo kurosaki which is a little small little chibi figure that I got uh, and just to, just to commemorate my time with the cast of Bleach for, on the uh, multiverse. So this was a very hard to get item and I finally got it, you know, through the means of eBay. Uh, and I decided to make a blog about it, reviewing it and such. So you can check it out on TalkTimeLive.com on the blog page as well. And you'll see it there and coming soon. You will see these two items and one of which is the Hori Joy-Con controller that I got now Hori is a uh is a third party company that makes controllers and they made a controller dating back to the look uh the first version that they made was for the game diamond x machina the, the controllers was made specifically for that game because it's a mech based game or whatnot so you need a certain amount of control control schemes for it what is great about this control scheme is that they have buttons where you can there's a button that you can assign to do certain things in the game. So it's, it's very customizable. And then it also has a turbo button, which is something that I love near and dear. I used to love game controllers with turbo buttons. I'm just that dude that I love it. I just don't like button mashing. So you just hit the hold the button down and boom, let us do its work there. Um, you still got to put on a strategy and in, 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 in gameplay strategy and stuff. And yeah, it does kind of, you know, it, it, it does gain you a little bit of advantage depending on which game you put in, but I love turbo buttons. And we haven't seen those in a lot of, you know, game controllers of recent. Like, we used to see those uh, those type of contro um, controller uh, options for game consoles like the, you know, Sega Genesis and um, the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super Nintendo, the 16-bit era, mostly. When it got to the 32-bit era, we stopped I believe we stopped seeing it a bit uh, when it hit. And by the time it got to the Nintendo, I mean, the PlayStation era, that's when we started, uh, uh, you know, when it, it kind of ended. Um, I would say right, right around the PlayStation 2, 3, 4. We haven't seen them. Logitech has come out with controllers and didn't add that feature on air. Um, a lot of them have it up until recently. Um, you know, when you, if you start, you know, creating your own, you know, raspberry 
Pi type of uh, games. They're like now controllers that you can use for that. They have turbo buttons. Uh, some of the Xbox third party controllers now have, you know, those buttons as well. I just purchased one recently from a Raspberry Pi. And now I have this one, which is for the Nintendo Switch. And it does have a turbo feature in there. So I think that is pretty awesome as well. Um, but they also expanded now because it, it tells you the success that they have in here with that controller because it now they now have different versions and themes for it now. Uh, the one that I chose was I went with the Pokemon uh, version again, commemorating my time with the cast of Pokemon on the metaverse. You know, shout out to them. The court, the, the OGs of the uh, of the crew. Again, all of that you can see on uh, you can see that on my website. Well, you can see the clips of that one on my website. But the Bleach cast, all on TalkTimeLive.com. You can check on the uh, the media page for that. But I digress. You know, I, I check. I really there was a lot of there were some pros and cons with this controller. Um, but overall, it is a worthy controller. Right? There's a there's a lot of things I liked about it. Um, again, I have it will all be on a blog on TalkTimeLive.com. But so far, I'm really uh, enjoying what I have. Uh, there's some things I would like to see uh, perfected in here, but I am enjoying it so far. But again, um, the unbox now I'm calling it TalkTimeLive, uh, TalkTimeLive.com unbox. Uh, that blog series will be coming very soon on uh on the website so stay tuned for that uh the other accessory that i got which i really really needed and i really wanted to see there's a few of them out right now i chose this one from humu spot and it is a bluetooth adapter for the switch for those who like myself who have uh airpod you know wireless air uh, phones uh i have the apple airpod pros i take these things everywhere, whether it's biking, going bike riding for, you know, miles on end, it stays on me. It's a, the Apple AirPod pros are the best. Uh, it has noise canceling, it has everything, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about why I can use them now on my Nintendo switch. And it's solely because of the homo spot Bluetooth adapter. So I came across this device that allows you to use wireless earphones like my AirPod pros, um, and other listening devices. Apparently, I don't from what I understand, it doesn't is it doesn't allow you to use every air uh, phone. So you got to make sure you find out which ones work with them and which ones are compatible. I believe that they were made solely to be compatible with the Apple AirPod Pros, because that's what mostly everybody is using nowadays. And uh, that are the uh, beats. Um, so I believe they are meant to be more compatible with the Apple products than they are any other device. And the Bluetooth adapter easily connects to the Apple AirPods with each. And I was so impressed by how well these things work and the sound that comes out of them. Cause my biggest thing is like, I'm at home. I usually have my, um, my device on handheld mode and I don't necessarily like, I, there are times I really do want to hear this actual, the actual sounds in there, but I don't want to disturb my wife. And I also that is rather that or I want to listen to also not only what's on the game, but also I multitask people. I also want to hear what's going on on TV or whatnot. So I want to do both. This allows me to do both. And I've so enjoyed this. Um, now I can hear everything with no wires tangled or up or anything. I used to use my um, a wired air earphones and they were annoying. And it just it just feels it's, it's it felt very counterintuitive 
for me to use it. And now I'm, I use it wirelessly free roaming. I could, you know, have it everywhere I go. Um, I didn't check the range yet, but I will check the range by the time I do the blog as to how uh, far I can hear them. If I put my, if I put my uh, switch down and walk away, I, I, I haven't checked out how far the range of how many feet I can listen to it in. And I'm in a, I'm in my apartment complex here, so I can walk, you know, a few feet away from it to see if, you know, how big the reception is, but up close right next to me, it, man, it, it sounds great. There's no reception, just uh, distortion or whatever like that. It's just clear, clear, great audio. You know, the signal, it comes off great so far. So again, you will check. I will check to see more of that in our talk time live blog. So stay tuned for that. Folks, that will do it for this segment of the show. We're going to take a break, come back and we're going to review Scarlet Nexus for the PS5. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! gentlemen welcome to the final stage of this program and i am here to review scarlet nexus scarlet nexus is the latest rpg from bandai namco and the people who brought you tales of vesperia which makes a lot of sense after playing through this game uh this takes you in a far distant future where scientists discover a psionic hormone in the human brain that provides people with powers uh more like psychic abilities pretty much and while a new breed of humans enter the world so does a race of human brain eating mutants called the others who descend from the sky uh now take notice it descends from the sky and that plays into the story as we go along here uh which i will not reveal here because this game is so deep full of story that it will take me forever to explain this but just know that that plays a big factor in this story here uh, those with psionic abilities are uh able to take on the others so they're they're people with psionic abilities and then there are duds which are just people without powers who weren't uh gifted with the ability of powers think my hero academia in this case where you have um ideku uh ideku uh midoriya who didn't have powers in the beginning until all might gave him his powers this kind of falls into that same type of storyline but a little bit deeper a little bit more serious in this case um in the midst of the calamity, a new fighting force known as the Other Suppression Force recruits a team of psionic guardians to help uh, take down the threat of others. They are the world's best last and last line of defense. However, 
things become suspicious when uh, new discoveries regarding the secret origin of the others come about and more. So there's basically the story of this. So what I'm going to do here, because there is a lot to talk about in terms of this game's whole entire uh, platform format. Just talking about the story alone gets way too deep. Just talking about everything else. There's it's so much depth to this game. So I'm going to format this in the traditional pro and cons of why I like this and what I didn't like about this game. So, of course, we're going to start with the pros. The pros for me, as I have listed here in my notes, the anime style presentation looks stunning, especially in 4K. I'm playing this on a PS5, so you just it, it's damn near flawless. The art style that gives you sort of kind of astral chain and god eater vibe so it's like i felt like i've got both of those uh mixed together here and if you've played god eater which is another great bandai namco uh series which also uh spawned its own anime series as well uh on here so you got that and then astral change which was uh one of platinum games best titles to date uh best titles not based on any franchise or whatever like that it's probably the best that they've made since bayonetta uh you know far far and wide here so i love the dark tones of um the art style as well the hues of purple that you know of certain stages going around and it gives this cyberpunk chaotic look that they call the brain punk you know society in here as well i've really uh, it loved it it was dark dreary sort of kind of it was a mix of post-apocalyptic and futuristic as well. So there were two different versions of that. It's like at one part you're in a city, which is, you know, all new and upgraded and updated looking and also really cluttered too. But then you also had the other areas, which were like, you know, pretty much maintained by the others. And it was more like a wasteland too. So you had these two different depths of environments that you got to work with and it just really helped bring the darkness of this series in here as well and what they were you know it's not all perfect and it obviously saw you know, it obviously you can tell from just looking at it even in parts of the city you know the city's just it looked like it was futuristic but dreary at the same time um they also one of the other pros too was the um kinetic psychic combat is what they called it uh, which was a lot of fun. It, it really made this game what it was um, and gives players something new and refreshing to the traditional hack and slash gameplay, allowing you to pick up objects using the R2 or the L2 buttons um, and while and throwing small and large objects around at enemies. Holding the L2 button, which I really I love finding objects that you had to um, use the L2 button with, but holding it, holding the L2 button down allows you to gain control of huge objects while also using a QTE sequence which uh, with the analog sticks to put major damage or to bring major damage to the others or any enemies that you face within this game. Uh, They're awesome and there were so many variations. It wasn't like you were using the same type of QTE uh, control scheme to do this. All throughout the game they provide a large amount of you know QTE controls when using the L2 button for bigger objects. And it just made, it, it was just like, they did it. You could tell they put a lot of work into this, um, into the control scheme. It was pretty awesome. You never know which version of the L2 kinetic powers that you're going to use. And either way, it just, it, it kept you going throughout the whole entire game. It was just awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was pretty much the heart of what this game was about. 
Another fun aspect of the kinetic psychic combat is when you break the other's shield gauge. Um, and I forgot the name of what they, I think it's called brain uh, force, I believe is what they called it. Um, or brain drive. No, it was brain crush. That's what it was. Uh, basically, what it is is that, you know, when you when you uh, break the shield gauge uh, from the others, it gives you the opportunity to use a finishing move called the brain crush uh, by hitting the L2 button, resulting in what I call a Mortal Kombat level fatality on the others. It's really awesome. Uh, great use of the dual sense controllers is one of my other pros here. Um, I've played quite a few games so far on a PlayStation 5, and so far, I think... They capitalize so much on the use of the dual sense controllers uh, that this game it, it was tailor made for the PlayStation 5 controller, which they call a dual sense. You're pulling off all these kinetic physical combat moves, and it feels very intense as the controller um, creates a thrusting feel, which you know has some intensity to it in the shoulder buttons, and it makes it feel like it feels like you're like you rev an engine you know, from a motorcycle or whatever like that. It just has that same type of intensity. And take note that you can only use the uh, kinetic uh, psychic combat for a few times as it relies on like a gauge itself that drains every time you use it. And you regain the ability again when you use physical attacks uh, on the others. So it, it's really awesome. And then as you gradually, you know, develop your skills more and you know go to the brain tree and add on more you develop you know higher levels of using the gauge as well it's just just pretty cool um you also have a brain drive level uh which uh that when it fills up it makes uh yoito and kasane basically uh gain limited control or unlimited control of enhanced abilities for a limited time uh, which I well, let me rephrase that it, it, it you actually gain limited control enhance abilities that's the way I should have said it which will help you gain the advantage of the situation especially if you got hordes of other creatures around you know just almost overwhelming you so the game is about 30 to 50 hours of deep um, story development involving Yui, uh, Yuito uh, Somaragi and Kasani Randall uh, who are the new recruits of the OSF with significant ties to the secrets of the OSF and more. So that's where it starts getting in. Uh, the game is uh, pretty much goes good into the well, uh, into the lives of not only the main characters, but other members of the OSF as well. So it, it works together. To, they all work together to fight the widespread threat while also getting to know each other in between and I, I it's really cool and you do that from the bonding episodes and the bonding episodes is really awesome it, it you could consider them sort of kind of fillers you have your main story line right there but then there's the bonding episodes which they're not really side quests as much as they are just really trying to bond some of them involve side quest missions uh, but it's all to develop the relationship of your uh, friends and uh, in the OSF. So when not in the main missions, you you will stay in the Sumeragi hideout, which I will definitely talk about in a, in a few, uh, where Yuito and Kasani will engage with other members of the OSF in order to create a bond with them. 
Creating stronger bonds comes with incentives as you can gain support moves known as SAS moves, uh, which allows your character to assist you in combat and allow you to use their powers for a short amount of time. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the Sumeragi hideout. Oh my goodness. I, this is one of my, one of my favorite parts of this game. The Sumeragi hideout is a gorgeous looking loft that is owned by Yuito's family. He he's, you know, his family is rich. They come from a rich dynasty who pretty much created the OSF and, and a whole bunch of other things. So they are afforded many privileges, such as having a few different, you know, summer homes or whatever like that and lofts all around the city that they can stay in. This is one of them. They, Yuito claims that they have so many of them that they can use this particular place and nobody would really know. So they use that to pretty much use for all of their, you know, hangouts and everything, whatever the, uh, OSF members of their, uh, their unit need to chill. That's where they go. So when bonding with other members, he provides them with gifts, which they use to decorate the loft and, you know, pretty much for recreational means. Uh, every time you return to the hideout, you will see them doing something different based upon the gifts that you provide. And it is pretty cool. And it also, from a story development standpoint, it brings more personality to all of the characters when you see them doing things that they like and things that you provide. It's, it's a pretty awesome thing. Um, so that's one of the big pluses there. Another, uh, pro is the customizable, uh, customizable items and weapons that you get in the game. There are many ways to customize your character. Um, you can purchase the items from a shop that you encounter all throughout the game. You can also exchange items you find uh, while going through uh, the main missions and side missions, uh, which is highly recommended rather than you gaining, uh, you acquiring money to buy them. You could just, your better chances to acquire items all through the game. So really search into the stages to find as many items as possible because you'll use them in exchange to upgrade and update your gear, your weapons and whatnot, and, and you know, make powerful weapons more than you can money. You can use money every once in a while, but use the money for items such as your, um, your HP uh, energies and all that stuff, your, your stuff that'll keep you energized. I will say if you're on easy, you don't necessarily always have to use that. You won't because you'll be dominating the more powerful you get, the less chance you will need to use it. And the more skilled that you are in the game, you won't need to use the energy every so often. But for you and your partners, you know, you will be able to, you know, load up in that in those items. So I would definitely recommend using the money strictly for that. So and when it comes to the leveling up and RPG elements, that's another big plus for me in this game. The game allows you to level up and become more powerful, uh, a more powerful psychokinesis uh, user in no time. Like I found myself gaining more abilities in the early process of the game very quickly. And I like that it, it's because what it tells me is that they are more interested in you enjoying the game's story rather than trying to grind and farm and all that stuff. So. They don't put too much emphasis in, and that is unless you play the more difficult levels. If you want to grind, that's your decision. If you just want to enjoy the story, they have it so you can do that as well. And I always appreciate the consideration that these developers now are doing for gamers because not everybody wants to grind. Some people just enjoy the art. Some people just enjoy the story and all the work that's been put in. The gameplay is just there. If you want to play on a harder mode, 
that should be something that is an option. So I can't stress that enough. So I, I, kudos to every developer that is now doing that and just making it fun. So, um, but when you gain another level, you also acquire skill points, which you can spend on the game's uh, brain tree, or which is basically the skill tree. Uh, adding to the skill tree will afford you new uh, abilities, including powerful abilities known as the brain fill, which is something that you will use when you're in a bind. The brain fill takes your enemies into some sort of dark dimension where you are in power with your abilities of to use psychokinesis at a very high level. Like once you're in this world and you only have a limited time to do so, the ability can make you very powerful, but also unstable. So stay on it for as long as you possibly can and uh, or risk neurological damage that can kill you. And as you go, you know, as you go deeper into the game and the more you level up, it becomes a little bit better you, you become a little bit more skilled to use it, but at the same time, there's always going to be a limit. So it, you got to just pay attention to it because you don't want to do that. There's a lot of talk of like dementia in this game, but they don't necessarily say dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever, but there's a, there's a lot of neurological, you know, dementia, like, uh, elements to this game that I really appreciate as somebody who used to work for, um, the Alzheimer's Association and stuff like that. So I kind of get it. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. It's just like judgment. I really appreciate that they brought that to the, you know, the attention. This kind of also plays into it too, and it, mental health and all that stuff. So that plays a lot into this and they use it. They do it in a very interesting way. So, uh, I, this is something that is also really awesome too. This reminds me of, um, concepts like what the matrix did when the matrix revolution came out. They also came out with the enter the matrix video game, which actually coincided story elements uh with the actual movie scarlet nexus did the same thing they have an anime series that connects to the game funimation also has scarlet the scarlet nexus series which fans can watch for free on youtube so you watch every episode there and the best incentive is to watch um is not only enjoying the story that connects to the game but also receiving special passwords that you can use to unlock items in the game. So I've already saw the first two episodes and you get these passwords, you use these passwords and you go directly into the game. There's a restaurant or a cafe that you go into that the gang usually likes to go to. And you talk to this, uh, the owner of the restaurant and you type in the actual password that they give you. And once you get that right, you'll get a special item coming back. So it, I love this. This is a, really cool concept it's like i was really excited when i found out that they had an anime coming for the series already before this game ever came out this game is like not based on any anime we've ever seen before this is a total new ip and for them to already have a anime out was amazing so now to know that it also coincides with the story in the game and they also have you wanting to connect again this is brilliant brilliant marketing and promotion this is great pr for this game and i love what they did here so it, it this is an awesome thing and that's one of the last pros i have now let's go to the cons of this and the cons really is significant because they do kind of take the grade away of what i would have wanted to get this game but i will start with the quest missions which to me are very confusing 
some of the quests that you do has you searching in the city to deliver items or visit uh, other uh, uh, items to other people or visit certain landmarks. The problem with that is that it is hard to find anything because they don't give you they don't give you too much information or, um, in, or means to navigate and find the destinations that you need to go to. It's very confusing. And then you have the city, which is very confusing to find. As much as I love the city, like if you compare the city design and landscape in comparison to um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, because I can easily remember where everything is in that, in that entire area, no matter where you travel to. Um, I, I just found it very hard to get to. Even Spider-Man, Miles Morales in the Spider-Man um, game, the original Spider-Man game. I know where certain places in New York is. I know how to get to certain places in New York or they make sure that you f easily find these places. They have markers and they have certain areas to do. They have markers on how to find the people to start the quest, but they don't have the means of where you need to go. You can't mark your territory or where do you need to go and it's hard to it's hard to figure out and find some of them are based on elements of which you go through in the um in the main quest so if you're going through parts of the main quest there's a certain things that you got to look out for to complete that quest mode and again it's hard for you to really figure it out so i found i wish it was a little bit more user-friendly on that sense for that the map also i found was a problem it was really plain and too simplistic for my nature compared to other maps that I felt are really helpful in certain games. Uh, again, I'll make that, uh, I'll give credit to Final Fantasy VII Remake and Miles Morales in the, Spy in the original Spider-Man game as well. Um, maps that are so easy to navigate through. I mean, mostly standard, standard practice is that you create maps that are easy to navigate through, especially when you have huge cities and stages that you got to go through. It's hard to find these things. Sometimes you get it confused, but the map, which can also have you running in circles here, if you are on a stage that has multiple levels of so like you go through, if you're in a mission and you're in a stage where it has different floors, it could get really confusing because these stages don't tell you whether you know you're getting it has a meter that shows you when you're getting close to the area but there's some levels that say like okay it's you're getting close but you need to go up or down it doesn't tell you whether you need to go up or down there's no arrow that tells you that you should go up or down it just tells you that it just says you're getting close so you can go down but you may not be going to the right place you go up and it just it creates a lot of a level of tedium that you don't want to have to go through and that's something i i would love for them to add on or fix in a patch or something like that because that to me it, it, it kind of it, it's not the worst thing in the world but it does you know that level of tedium can be a little bit irritating to some people um so that's something i would really like for them to change there the initial combat system the core combat system not the kinesis not the kinetic uh you know powers that you use but just a hack and slash combat system uh, can be a little bit loose at times uh, as you will have almost everywhere but where the you're, you're like attacking everything but the enemy you attack more air at times than the enemy even with a locking system that they have it doesn't really lock onto the actual enemy as good as it you would expect um, while it feels similar to 
the style of combat experienced in platinum games like Astro Chains and whatnot, or Bayonetta for that, for example, and other, you know, slightly, uh, you know, other hack and slash games that platinum games would make, this slightly lacks the fluidity that those games have. So if you're locking into a character, you expect to stay on that character as much as possible. And even worse, if you want to try to lock onto another character, it's not as easy to do as you would expect. So I would love for them to want to change that format. Or maybe you could change it in options. I got to go back and check it out. But just the initial, you know, default of that, you shouldn't have to go through that much trauma. But it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world and it didn't take away totally from that but it's just one of those small little things i would love for them to fix to make it as fluid as possible so um this is kind of a pro i was kind of a con but it's also pro as well the cinematic cutscenes. while i love the performances and the english dub cast and the great storytelling i was a bit disappointed considering especially that this is supposed to be a playstation 5 game I was really disappointed that they didn't provide more cinematic presentation when it came to the cutscenes. About 85% of the game, and that's the way I estimated it, about 85% of the game's story were shown in manga style panels um, with voiceovers. And about 80, about 15% of that of it to me were just animated cutscenes using some of the avatars of the game. Um, I didn't mention this pro. I will add on to this pro. The one thing I did like about the cutscenes is that no matter what you wore, no how and no matter how you customize the characters in the game, and this is a pro, is that whatever you customize, whatever how you customize any of the characters of the game, in the cutscenes you see exactly what you're wearing in there. Whether it's the animated cutscenes, in the cinematic scenes, or the panel cutscenes, you will always still see what you wear. So that is another plus. I should have added there another pro but just the fact that this is a playstation 5 game and i know that this also coincided with the playstation 4 games and the xbox um 360 games i would have rather have seen more cinematic scenes rather than and i know it's probably there's a few things that i believe why they did this i don't know whether if it was actual uh, actual creative decision whereas they want that the story is so long and deep that they wanted to stretch it out but then again i mentioned at the beginning of this segment that this was created by the people who brought you tales of vesperia so this may be something that they're used to doing and this is the creative direction that they wanted to go because they do something similar to this on the tale series as well or this is something i always always you know suggest when it comes to bandai namco games is that they budget and sometimes it feels like they budget based on the fact that they don't have enough, you know, resources to do cinematics or whatever like that, or they, or it's a time issue in order to get the game out faster. So I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like it could be either or in this case. But Bandai Namco has a history of holding back on the potential of creating some great games because of that. When it comes to other games, animated related titles like Dragon Ball or Naruto, the company spares no expense to give you a full-fledged experience. Like the Ultimate Ninja, um, the Ultimate Ninja Storm series is still one of the best Bandai Namco uh, anime-related games they ever made. Followed by Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot, and Dragon Ball Fighters. All of them, 
have really awesome cinematic cutscenes in there. And all, not just one time or another, all through the entire game, all through it. Like they spare no expense. I don't know if that's a Funimation thing that they add on to it or not, but it's just something that they do. I mean, they didn't even do that for My Hero Academia. They, they did the same thing for My Hero Academia is what they did here in a sense. So I, I really don't know if it's based on that, if it's based on a pop, you know, I just, I, I, I really don't know. Um, it, you know, it, maybe it's, you know, because they don't, they can't guarantee a full investment in presentation will guarantee successful profit. I just don't know, but I wish they would have, you know, this is the PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 5 is supposed to represent the new stage of game development. And I felt like they just held it back a bit. Like we see this on the PlayStation 4. We are, we, we've seen stuff, this, this creative style on the PlayStation 4. Take it to the next level. Let us see full cinematic features. This feels like a PlayStation 4 game being brought to the PlayStation 5 with less loading, with less loading time. And that's another thing. When it comes to the stages, yes, the, the loading time is shorter. It's not the fastest loading time I've ever seen, but just be, just the fact that you have to load to go to another stage and not to have it just be a whole open world type of thing. I think they dropped the ball on that too. So I would have loved to see a bigger presentation for the PlayStation 5 and then, you know, be able to do it on a PlayStation 4 too. I mean, we did it for PlayStation 4 with Final Fantasy 715. I keep going back to that, but that is a game that you, everybody needs to look at in terms of action RPG. They were able to make a full fledged open world. I will also add on Final Fantasy 15, a full fledged open world where you barely seen, you know, loading uh, screens. It was everywhere you went. There was the world. I will also, if you don't want me to add Final Fantasy to it, I will add Breath of the Wild to it. You know, full fledged. You know, I will, uh, I, you know, there's so many other games out right now that have done that. I would love for Bandai Namco to go there too. And I just think that they kind of just dropped the ball in doing that. Um, my last con is the ending, not per se that the, how the ending sucked. It was just that it felt like it took forever to get to the ending. It's not the ending itself. The last chapter went now, take note. I literally just beat this game not too long ago. And it took me till two o'clock in the morning to beat. I felt like they didn't, I felt like they stretched it way too long. It just went on for wait, like just to get to the end not just from the last chapter, but I just felt like they could have made this a shorter package of a story to, uh, told. And when you got to the end, oh man, it just went for way too long before you finally get to the final battle. Lots of tedious fighting from some of the same other creatures that you faced on in the, in the entire thing. It's just, it was just, it, it started to wear you down and it started wearing you down. And if it's like, I mean, granted, I did play it till two o'clock in the morning la uh, last night and playing this game, but I just, I felt like it just, there's, there's times when, when it comes to storytelling and, and, you know, developing the story and designing this game, sometimes it could, you could overstay your welcome. And then sometimes it's like, okay, this stopped at the right time. This happened at the right time. It didn't feel too short. It didn't feel too long. It was just right. And then once again, I will say Final Fantasy VII Remake did it perfectly where it was like the story didn't feel like it was going too long. It felt like it was just right. They wanted to give you just enough 
want more coming and that's what happens everybody wants more this was the kind of the opposite where it's like by the time you got to the end it was like you get to one point a to point b and you think that you're made it get finally get to the final battle no you got to go through another point a to point b or you got to go to c to d and then from e to f and it was just like just get to the final battle already for god's sakes it, even if it was the afternoon and i was playing this game i still felt it would have taken forever to get there but if they would have shortened it just a you know bit it, it would have the, the experience would have been more satisfying leading to the end the good news is the good news that came out of this is that once you finally reach the final battle it makes up uh for it with an epic encounter and that's where it gets really fun but just to get there it's like i gotta play this game again if i you know because they do have and one of the pros i should have added again is that they do have a new game plus mode called ex game player which allows you to play both as yuito once again or um kasane playing all of the everything that you earned from the original game and even if you play as kasane if you haven't played as kasane yet you can bring that over as well apparently so that's i think that's pretty awesome but the fact that you have to play that all over again hopefully at best if you go through the second run of this game as somebody that you didn't get a chance to play before i hope at least that you get to level up just as fast as you did the first time to the point that even when you get to that that last stage you just bulldoze over everybody quickly enough that you could just get to that ending because it just felt like such a grind to get there so i would have shortened that up uh if i was them from a storytelling standpoint and from a uh, a stage uh design standpoint just too long for me overall though i've really enjoyed this game um bandai namco set expectations high when they announced this game and the latest uh in new gen games to come out for the ps5 and the xbox series x i am happy to say that it has met expectations while not superseding expectations uh it did meet it with its new combat system great story and the rpg elements you know overall uh, and to top it all, the anime series that coincides with the game makes it a must-have package. So while I do have, you know, my issues with it, the pros outweigh the cons. And if I give this a grade, it will be a B plus. And I almost gave it an A minus, but the ending kind of really just made it like, okay, this this could have been much better, you know, balanced around. But I do like the ca the characters in here. I do love the development, the story narrative, and everything. It it, it kind of overwhelmed, you know, superseded the the cons in that case. So, I to give it a fair grade, it would be a B plus. But if you want to check this game out, it is worth checking out. So go out of your way to check it out. Uh, it is available on the Xbox Series X. It is available on PS5, which I played it on. Uh, I would say. If you have a PS5, you may have a better experience with this, mostly because of the DualSense controller. I don't know if the Xbox controllers had that same type of feature. I do recall PlayStation specifically emphasizing on this DualSense controller really helping to bring you into the element of the game experience, and it does. So for that, I think the PlayStation 5 is a must version to play. Um, so go out of your way to check it out. It is pretty awesome. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very, oh, sorry, Talk Time Live Extra Select Start, I should say. Thank you guys so very much, and thank you for making June the most downloaded month to date. We have received a 
overwhelming record of downloads and thank you guys so very much it's been awesome i am really appreciated thank you to the tumblr uh community out there thank you to the people who got a chance to check me out at uh, repop metaverse when i interviewed the cast of bleach the cast of sailor moon and the uh, cast of that time i got reincarnated as a slime i really appreciate it i'm glad that you guys are enjoying it i uh, got some great feedback from you guys and please keep this road going because it's just it it's there's no uh stoppage anytime soon this sunday it's like i told you guys before in a previous episode there's a lot of movies coming out this sunday i got two big movie reviews for you one er, both of them are animations uh in a sense one is demon slayer mugen train which is now available on funimation i finally got a chance to see that so i'll review that and give you my thoughts on that we also have which I did not know was out before the Batman uh, animation is DC WB animation Justice Society World War II and I, I'm so mad that I missed it out but I got it I checked it out and we damn sure better talk about this because it it, I, it really played into my theories of what they're doing with this new uh, version of the series so uh, go, out, go out of your way to check it out and of course we're I will be remiss if we weren't talking about the latest episode of Loki because oh my god there was a lot of things that happened in that episode and there's more to talk about in the world of our favorite fandoms so stay tuned for all that and more please go out of your way to check out my lovely brand new and improved website at talktimelive.com as I told you before we have a lot of new content coming we got the unbox uh, series coming on the blog page. So I, again, I just, um, did a blog for unbox for the, uh, Nindo droid, a Nindoroid Ichigo Kodasaki figure, which was a hard to find, uh, hard to get figure that I had to get on eBay. So go out of your way to check that out. I also have the retro, uh, replay rundown, uh, blogs of bleach and sailor moon games that we uh that i got a chance to play in the past so i wanted to talk about that i will be uploading i will be putting up some new blogs coming soon for the two items that i just mentioned on this show so stay tuned for that but you can also uh catch up with all of our podcast episodes on there we got the fast nine episode right now my review of that movie which was absolutely fantastic uh in my opinion love that series didn't love it when i first started loved it i absolutely love it now uh you can check out all of the recent podcast episodes and, and previous podcast episodes you can also find the talk time live exclusive interviews that i have audio wise in there as well if you just go into the search engine which is right above each ep new episode and type in ttl exclusive it will all pop up you can see them all there uh you can also check out the video exclusives as, as well some uh i just started a new series of video interviews as well you got the cast of naruto on air that i did last year you got amanda c miller which i did uh a few months ago we got kevin conroy brian donovan the most watched episode i have over nine thousand views on that one uh great Casavan is on air my man megaran who is always the man behind the music of the prime show uh chamba cruz is on air ariel r johnson i mean you just name it. i got much uh many many episodes to check out and much more to come you want to check out those uh repop metaverse pages we go on to my media page you can check out the full cast of uh the panel of bleach the panel of sailor moon 
the trivia uh, show that I did with that one, which was a lot of fun with um, the cast, with uh, members of the cast of Sailor Moon. And that time I got reincarnated as a slime as well, it, as well as clips from the My Hero Q&A and the Pokemon Q&A that I did a few months prior to. So, like I said, a lot of content in there that you could check out. And of course, if you are a fan of the best pla- uh, podcast platforms out there, such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and of course, Tumblr out there. It is all there for you to check out and listen to and subscribe to as well. So again, thank you all for your support. Thank you guys for helping me with this great ride. This is my diary of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, games, and I couldn't do it without you. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Talk to you guys on Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.